This week on Erotic Awakening with Dan and Don, an interview with Jay Wiseman. Welcome to Erotic Awakening with Dan and Dawn, a weekly view of all things erotic. From BDSM to erotic spirituality, from swinging as a lifestyle to simply fun kink, each week we bring you a diverse offering of erotic and alternative lifestyles in its many forms. This podcast includes frank discussions of highly sexual topics. This podcast is intended for consenting adults over the age of 18. If you are offended by this type of content, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Don. Hi, Dan. Welcome to show number six. This could be a fun show. Excellent. We get to talk about our return from Dark Odyssey, the winter fire event in Washington, D.C. Had a fantastic time there. Always a fantastic time. Love going back. And... uh, very happy with our happy to interview Jay Wiseman not long ago, and that'll be the uh, the bulk of this show. Jay is a great interviewee, and I mentioned that to him, and he says, "Yeah, I've done it a lot," and uh, we'll talk a little bit about that as well. Oh, which one of us should be talking now? I don't know. It depends what you want to cover. So, um, the ways to contact us—that would be a good idea. Okay, we have um, a lot of ways to contact us. It seems. Our email is eroticawakening at bluecatservices.org. You can also you go to the website, and there's a contact form. You can get a hold of us that way. And that again, that website is bluecatservices.org. We have a voicemail now where you can leave us some voicemail. It's 206-309-0054. And we have a FetLife group called Erotic Awakening. Just do a search for Erotic Awakening and you'll find us there. And if you want to find us on Twitter, you can go to twitter.com and we are listed as Dan and Dawn. Lots of ways to keep track of us, get a hold of us, all that kind of jazz. The, uh, the new one this time around is voicemail. That's something we just started and you can leave a question, leave a comment. So pretty much anything. We'll get it. Heavy breathing. It's always good. (laughs) So, not long ago, we went to an event called Dark Odyssey. And that was just this past weekend. And we drove back after seeing some wonderful presentations. Did a couple presentations ourselves. Got the opportunity to hang out with some wonderful people. And we brought back some wonderful interviews from that event. And those will be coming up soon. We have um, Mark and Patricia authors of a couple of Tantra books, Michelle Z, wonderful communications person, and um, just a fun person to be around. Got to hang out with all kinds of cool people. See new things, experience new things, see people dressed up in their finest leathers, so it was a great time. And the orgy room this time around was really top notch. It was an orgy room. (laughs) It's funny because sometimes you'll go to these large events and they'll say, this is our play space. This is our dungeon area. This is our sex area. And often it seems like the um, areas that they intend to have more intimate, more sexually based can be a little dull. There's, you know, people hanging out and chatting and... Or wanting to watch when there's nothing to watch. (laughs) Not so at Dark Odyssey. (laughs) Not so. It was uh, 
difficult to find a spot to participate. Participate. <laughs> Good word. Good word. And uh, walk over bodies and not trip over feet. So, so we'll uh, we'll have the opportunity to share those interviews in upcoming shows and probably some other good Dark Odyssey stories as we go along. So that is one we recommend that you try to go to, though, whether it's the Dark Odyssey winter event, which is in a hotel, or their summer event, which is at a campground, which is five days of just outdoor fun. One of their focuses this time around was making sure that there was plenty of tracks for newcomers, and they had a really good turnout of people that this was their first event, and they've been doing a fantastic job of making sure that, as we mentioned in last week's show, when you're new to the scene, to make sure that you feel that you can fit in and get involved and have things to do. So, and they did it well. They did indeed. Before that, we happened to uh, have the opportunity to head to Winter Wickedness, and that is a, an event here in Columbus, Ohio, and if you get the NCSF action alerts, you know that they uh, were sort of picketed. It's, it's hard to say you're picketed when it's three radicals out there with pumping two Ken Barbies next to each other. You know, when that's who's picketing you, it's, it's hard to get too worried about that. But, but it's a good thing to keep in mind. To, there's people out there that they're going to put some effort to slowing down what you might want to do with your life. Regardless, Winter Wickedness was just a fantastic event. It probably backfired on the picketers because what it did was bring the people at the event closer together. So we realized that we were family, we're community, and we had a good time within the four walls we were in. Absolutely. We happened to, of course, we got a couple interviews out of uh, that event as well. Those will be coming up. One of those interviews, though, was with Jay Wiseman. Author of SM one hundred and one, one of the first and biggest books. I don't. I don't want to say that it's the the BDSM Bible per se, but it's certainly one that if you want to get involved, that's one of the first ones that you're likely to pick up. It's one of the first ones that you want to pick up. That we'll we'll tell our little Jay Wiseman story. Oh, Jay Wiseman. So the first time we met Jay Wiseman. So I don't know how others met Jay Wiseman, but this is our story. So it's. God, gosh, probably about seven years ago at an OLF. That's the Ohio Leather Fest, an event that uh, doesn't exist anymore, but certainly was one of the great ones for us getting started. Mm -hmm. And we saw a man sitting at a table in the social area, just sitting by himself, you know, trying to watch people. And us as the newbies, we still like to help other newbies feel welcome. So we, we decided to go sit at the table. Sure, we figured <laughs> this guy, maybe it was his first event and he was just kind of hanging out and didn't have anybody to talk to. So so we sat down and introduced ourselves and he introduced himself. And we said, oh, well, this, is this your first event? And you look a little shy. He says, no, no, it's not my first event. I've been to a few. Just a general, you know, just a nice fellow. We sat there and chatted and... Um, and of course, as you can guess where the story is going, it was Jay Wiseman. You know, not long after that conversation, we go to the keynote speech, and he's giving the keynote speech. Um, not only is it, it's a cute little story, it's a funny little story, but one of the things that Don and I took away from that is, here's somebody that many people in the community idolize. You'll find out that in his interview, I mean, he's talking, he's got, uh, heck, 30, 25, 30 different events that he's doing this year. And 
it's just it was just a wonderful experience to be around someone like that who still maintains their sense of humility, who maintains their sense of, you know, it just he was just just like one of us. He didn't try and you know wipe out the, oh, don't you know who I am sort of thing. Um, he's been a wonderful example for us for what what we like to see in the community. Oh, and it was fabulous to see him again a couple of weekends ago. So, yep, and it was great to talk to him about the community. So we sat him down. We said, talk, let's talk a little bit about the community. I mean, this is a guy that's been around this for um, longer than I've had. Thoughts of it, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. I was going to say longer than I've had uh, hair down below, but I might have to put that a little more. I'm a little older than I think I am, I think. So I might have to think about that a little more. Okay, well, first of all, I, I think you're right. It was a good community weekend. Um, uh, people came from a very large, um, from all over to, to be at this event. And in Columbus, Ohio, a thriving SM community in Columbus, Ohio. That's just great. Mm -hmm. Just great. And people came in from, you know, Cleveland, Cincinnati, uh, Washington, D.C., uh, Philadelphia, many other places. So one one nutcase came in from San Francisco, but never mind about that. <laughs> I wonder who that was. <laughs> now, now tell me, you know, when you do stuff like on the West Coast, do you run into issues where there's organizations protesting events like this or? Not, not really. And I'm not even sure you could really call this so much of a protest. I, I think one of the things that's going on here is that groups like that need someone to demonize for fundraising purposes. Mm. Say, help us go fight the menace. Send us your money so we can go fight the good fight on your behalf. Well, who can they fight? Uh, they, they dare not raise the abortion issue anymore. The gays and lesbians have become too politically powerful for it to be safe for them to demonize. So they need someone to demonize for fundraising purposes. And right now we're kind of a target of convenience. There's a superficially um, shocking quality to how some of us dress. And there's a superficial shocking quality to, some, to the behaviors that some of us engage in. And, and they can they can milk that like oh look how terrible these people are give us your money so we can go fight them right, <laughs> you know right. uh, I actually think that I, I don't see anything inconsistent with at all with being a good Christian and being a good sadomasochist you know uh, in S and M we're fundamentally respectful of the well being of our partners. We don't do anything with or to our partners that does not enhance their well-being in one way or another. You know, it's simply not the case. And in fact, because of our heightened awareness on consent and limits and negotiation, uh, we often make better sex partners, better neighbors, uh, better members of our community. We sometimes make slightly problematic employees because we're, we're used to negotiating power imbalances. So uh, 
you know, you no longer see your boss as some sort of supernatural being. You, you see them as somebody you've sort of negotiated this, okay, I'll do within certain limits certain things, and in exchange for that, you will give me an agreed upon amount of money per unit time. And all of a sudden, you start to notice in your boss pulls, and he says, wait a minute, we didn't negotiate that, or I didn't consent to that. Uh, sometimes this leads me to wonder if there's a reason why... Um, could it be fairly said that an above average number of our sadomasochists are self-employed? <laughs> because you won't put up with crap from a boss, <laughs> you know, the, the way that uh, a person who doesn't have heightened awareness of negotiation and consent issues would. And, right. you know, some bosses don't like that very much. Sure, sure. Do you see us then? Are we really a community more than just consumers of, I mean, and events and leather vendors and that kind of thing. A lot of times we think that there's a lot of dollars being passed around. Mm -hmm. It takes money to run an event like this. It takes money to buy your fashion accessories. And I think sometimes we're just viewed as consumers, but do you feel that we're more of a community than that? Um, absolutely, we're more of a community than that. Um, I mean, on Labor Day, there was a member of our community in the Bay Area who died of a heart attack. Um, 90% of the people who came to his memorial service were fellow Kingsters. You know, we've uh, aided his widow in time of need. I mean, how many of us have helped another SM person move or provided another SM person with temporary housing if they were going through a bad patch in their life? Uh, we're absolutely, uh, there are, well, we actually call them communities that are all over the country now. Even even in many moderate-sized cities, there are substantial S&M communities. I mean, one of the things, like in 2008, over 22 weekends, I presented in something like 26 cities in the United States and Canada. 26 separate cities. Wow. That means there were 26 separate cities with communities big enough to bring in speakers. Right. And it looks like 2009 is even going to be slightly busier than that for me. I'm uh, Today marks the start of a four-month period where I will be on a plane an average of three weekends out of four. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, I mean, next weekend I'm in uh, Tampa, and two weekends after that I'm in Washington, D.C., and then I go to Chicago, and then I go to Los Angeles. Uh, then in late March, I start a four-week tour, uh, taking me to Baltimore, New York, Newport News, Philadelphia, Washington D.C., and then uh, in May I'm in. I'm back to Los Angeles, and I'm back to Chicago at the end of May for ShibariCon. Right. Um, I'm I'm amazed that you have your your agenda that well memorized. Oh yeah, well, Palm Pilot. <laughs> Thank you, Palm Pilot. It's, it's picked up for us as well. We're surprised at how really? many people are looking for presenters and, and what's going on. And, and you look at just next weekend, you say you're down in Tampa. There's an event in D.C. And this is a big event. This isn't like just a small, you know, Dark Odyssey Dark in D.C. Yes. And then the Boston Fetish Flea is that same weekend, another big event. So the numbers are certainly seem to be there. There certainly seems to be enough groups gathering and, and holding events, like as you were saying. Well, of course, nowadays, the, the major new development in the last year, of course, is the emergence of the website FetLife.com, which I believe two weeks ago broke 100,000 members uh, with 
the international kinksters, very, very well represented. Of course, given that FetLife is out of Canada, it could be said that we are <laughs> maybe, maybe my, my jingoism as an American showed there for a second. You that's, know, a, that's a good point, yeah. You know. Um, but yeah, I, I have my own group on, on FetLife with the amazing name of Jay Wiseman's FetLife group. <laughs> it has over 1,500 subscribers to it right wow. now. Most of them argue with me, it seems. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, geography is becoming almost irrelevant. You know, we, we really are becoming a national and even international network at this point, and we are just growing. That, that's the main thing. We are growing to just an, an amazing degree. Now, when, when you talk about and you'll have an event in Tampa and then eventually end up in Chicago and such, one of the things that is it true about this community that we're, we're branching out and we're traveling and we're seeing each other at these different events? And, um, or do you find it mostly localized? I think it's mostly localized, but not as much so as it used to be. And of course, there are just simply more events being given. Um, it's there used to be maybe six large events per year. Now there's what the BDSM events calendar and so forth. It's you almost can't give a major national event uh, on a weekend that somewhere else in the country another similar event is have our our calendar if it's not already at saturation it's certainly approached saturation um, i i love coming around to various cities and presenting and so forth uh, i've literally been to the four corners of the country in the last year and it's it's just great it's just absolutely wonderful what, what problems are facing the community the community is growing so quickly uh all these large events do you see any problems coming the the major a problem area right now well to answer that you have to first of all if you look at where was the problem front because when i first came into the community in 1975 the problem front was convincing yourself you weren't bone crazy for wanting to do this at all you know could you be a decent human being and want to engage in sm activities the term bdsm wasn't known at that time that was a very doubtful proposition in that date and time. So the area of struggle then was, first of all, can I want to do this and still be considered a decent person? And I think we've established now that that's true, that you can be a decent person and want to do this. Uh, some of the finest people I've met have been sadomasochists. Then it was, okay, can I find one other person who won't leave me because I want to do this? Okay, just to find one partner you could do this with. So, so then, so first it was a matter of resolving it at the issue of within oneself. Then it was a matter of resolving it within the issue of a relationship. Okay, the current area of struggle is in making groups work, uh, growing organizations, making organizations run well. Uh, a lot of political squabbles right now, which cause a great deal of heat and estrangement. But these struggles exist because the groups have gotten large enough for there to be struggles. You know, um, 
I, 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 when I was in law school, I, I took a course and became a certified mediator, and I've actually done some mediations and nice. with with various S and M groups. Uh, I teach workshops on conflict resolution within the community because making groups work well is the current area of struggle as as this community grows, and you know. Uh, the community, our history can now quite meaningfully be divided into the pre-cyber era and the cyber era. And in the cyber era, which we're currently in, of course, geography is almost irrelevant. Like on FetLife, you got a guy from Great Britain and a screaming argument with a with a guy from Australia. Or something. Right. And wouldn't, right. You both, wouldn't you know they'd both be male doms? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny because I've, I've heard you talk before about your... Um, presenting it one of our local groups and saying, well, you know, maybe in this community you have this type of person who conflicts with this type of person and who's struggling with this type of person. And it's really interesting to know that it's when we look around our own local groups and we say, oh, why can't everyone just get along? Oh, we have such political strife within our group. Is something wrong to recognize? I, from what you're saying, I really get the impression that it's just a group dynamic when your group hits a certain size. And the personality types that we have in these groups, that perhaps this is part of our natural growing pains. We have a lot of people in this community with very strong egos and very definite ideas about how things should and shouldn't be done. We also have tops. <laughs> um, but, it, but it's a matter of, of it's a, it's, we're learning how to make groups work now, and we're making progress at it. Uh, there's a lot of heat to the light, but there, there's a fair amount of light as well. We just had, all things considered, a very well-run event here in Absolutely. Columbus, Ohio, uh, in the face of what turned out to be you know, quite token resistance by, uh, well, as I... As I Talked last night as we, you know, as, as I, you know, said last night, uh, Jesus, please protect us from some of your followers. You know, <laughs> right. there, there's nothing contradictory about being a good Christian and, and being a good SM person, um, but some people are too heavily invested and perhaps I say want others to invest in, in, in the most literal sense. Uh, they just don't want to hear that. Do you see people bringing more religion into the community in a positive way? Is that the path that we need to take where, you know, part of our events on Sunday morning is to have a service within ourselves? Or is that or is the community not really ready for that sort of a step yet? Well, that would depend on how you defined it. Um, there certainly can be a spiritual aspect to the S&M experience. And... Uh, that certainly can be cultivated, and there are people who, who do that. Um, and of course, there are a number of people who um, are conventionally religious, who are also uh, sadomasochists. Where was it? Where was I at last year? I think I might have been. What city was I in where I met two women who were both SNM people and fundamentalist Christians? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, Chicago. That's right. I was in Chicago. I remember this now. Yes, yes. Um, I, I was out to dinner with this, this this other lawyer I know, and she had two friends with her. Two these two women, 
And I was having a quite cordial conversation with the three of them. And all of a sudden I realized these other two women are fundamentalist Christians. And they're pervs. <laughs> one was single. One was married. She was here with her husband's consent. And we actually had a very interesting talk. And they actually saw no inherent contradiction between being into S&M and being a fundamentalist Christian. It was a fascinating conversation. Yeah, I bet it was. So, um, just people-wise, the difference over the years in the types of people that are getting into the community, how's that changed? Oh, how has that changed? Well, for better and for worse, we're easier to find mm -hmm. than we used to be. Um, you, it used to be true that you had to really want to find the SM community. Usually you had to answer a very discreet ad in an adult paper or something like that. People rented post office boxes and sent self-addressed stamped envelopes and all that low-grade spy intrigue and so forth. But to be fair, the main change in S&M between what I will call in broad outline back then and now is that this is much less taboo than it used to be. You know, in 1990 when Madonna brought out that song about how she liked to be tied up and spanked, you know, she would not have brought out that song in 1970 or even 1980. Right. So. It's much less taboo and it's much easier to find. I mean, starting in the late 90s, I, I, I've asked many, many people, uh, how did you come in? And in about the late 90s, I started to hear people say, oh, I came in online. And in particular, in the cyber era, the main thing, the main thing that has changed regarding the cyber era is that it has brought heterosexual women into the community in large numbers. Um, we used to have a terrible problem with gender imbalance because who was going to buy an buy an adult newspaper and then answer an ad? Right. And it meant and going to like Janus orientations in the late '80s, there'd be like a dozen single men there and maybe one couple at each monthly orientation, and maybe maybe twice a year, three times a year, you'd get a single woman showing up by herself. So we, we had this terrible problem for everybody with truly enormous gender imbalance. Now a woman can type spanking into Google and three weeks later she can be at a munch. Tom's done that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so it almost seems like the gender balance is going the other way at this point, doesn't it? Seems well, like there's a lot more women. I'm not sure I'm prepared to go that far, okay. but the gender imbalance is much less of a burning issue than it used to be. I, I feel comfortable saying that. Okay. Uh, yeah, it used to be just, I, I was at an S&M party one time where there was a five to one male to female ratio. It, no, it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare, and it was a nightmare for the women. You okay. know, it's, you know, after about 90 minutes of that, it gets really old. Um, so, the, but, but gender imbalance certainly is, isn't the hot burning issue that it used to be. Um, also, a woman with submissive desires 
can come into the community now cold with a reasonable probability of meeting a man who is a reasonable person to explore this aspect of herself with. Um, uh, in talking with um, single submissive women in the pre-cyber era, that was often a much more problematic thing. You know, a woman who ran a personal ad advertising that she was submissive, God only knows how many wing nuts she'd hear from. Right. Right. Okay. One, one more question for you. We, sure. We, we talk about the, the pre-cyber era, era and the cyber era. What do you see on the horizon? What's coming next? Oh. Oh. Well, given that nobody could really foresee the cyber, I'm sure it's something we can't reasonably foresee. Okay. I'm sure it's something that will once again so qualitatively change what we're doing. Um, the big problem right now, of course, is geography. You know, I've been known the joke that the internet is a conspiracy by the airlines to sell more tickets. Right. <laughs> so I almost certainly would not be sitting in Columbus, Ohio at the moment, you know, but for the internet. Right. So it will probably be something that will again qualitatively change the nature of how we interact as as people and uh, I'm not sure the exact nature of, of it is foreseeable the, the internet was not reasonably foreseeable but it's, it's going to be something that's just going to add a whole new dimension to what we do very cool very cool you mentioned a, a FetLife group that, yes what was your FetLife group? Uh, Jay Wiseman's FetLife group that easy would be enough. an easy one. Yeah. yeah. That's memorable. Yeah. And uh, I, I love traveling. I love coming around the country to talk to various groups. Uh, anybody wants to get a hold of me, they can get a hold of me on FetLife.com. Great. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Jay. My very pleasure. much appreciated it. Do you have a podcast, event, book, or product you'd like to promote on Erotic Awakening? We'll be happy to help spread the word. Toss us an email at eroticawakening at bluecatservices.org. Coming up next week, we interview staff members of the Leather Archive and Museum based out of Chicago. And voices of the event, a number of mini interviews with attendees at a large event. Hope you join us next week. Bye, Don. Bye, Dan. Music heard on Erotic Awakening, Free by White Knight, Strawberry Jam by Jerry Bradley, and Wanda by 31D1 is provided from the Podshow Podsafe Network. More information can be found at music.podshow.com.